0: Many people don't get what they want from what they do. Not from their jobs, sometimes not their families, the government, their religion, and most importantly, not themselves. In our culture, something's missing. Part of what is missing is purpose, values, worthwhile standards against which our lives can be measured. The unexamined life is not worth living, and that was said by Socrates about 2,000 years ago. I think it's correct. If you don't examine your life, you most likely will scramble about seeking distraction in media people's approval, drugs, shallow things. The thing that drives me to do this show and much of what I do is to try and influence people to start believing in themselves by firstly starting to think for themselves. I want to learn from people who seem to be on a similar path of self-discovery in business Leadership, relationships, education, mental health and physical health and more. If we can really start to take our life seriously, I mean like as if we're not coming back, as if this is all we're guaranteed of in this life, then we really start listening and really want to examine what life is all about.
1: But it's on you to take offence or not to take offence.
0: You're listening to the Examine Live podcast with Matt Purcell, and I'm very excited to announce my very first international guest, Dave Rubin. Dave is the host of The Rubin Report, which is one of the most respected American political talk shows right now with over 1 million subscribers on YouTube and tens to thousands of listeners on his podcast worldwide. He interviews people like Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, Sam Harris. We are in a society right now which was so skinless, this is so sensitive that we take disagreement as disrespect. And Dave has my respect with how he interviews and what he's able to draw out of people's mind and their opinions. And we are so lucky to be able to grab Dave because he's literally been touring with Jordan Peterson for 18 months around the world. And he's spoken in front of tens of thousands of people. And being a podcast and being a journalist or whatever... Sometimes you're the first thing to be cut out if they need extra time and I was liaising with the USA Touring guys and with his personal assistant and things were teed up months in advance But as soon as they landed in Australia, just things changed and we at one point I didn't think we're even gonna get in but we're so grateful to Dave. During this interview, we're actually interviewing him in his personal green room in the Sydney Opera House—a beautiful location. Just before Jordan Peterson presented his final lecture, with Dave included, we talk about lots of things like political correctness, offence. What's driving this this attitude toward each other? It's a fascinating conversation, and I'm so grateful that Dave finished in so. I want you to go check out Dave Rubin's podcast, The Rubin Report, and jump on therubinreport.com and check out how you can support him because he has left Patreon recently and he has gone to his own platform to receive his support, financial support, and I'm going to get behind that personally. I think what he does is much needed right now with facilitating great, open, and respectful conversations. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Dave Rubin from America. Guys, I'm here with a handsome Dave Rubin. No, please. <laughs> Welcome to Australia, mate. It's a lot of hairspray,
1: you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> I, I can join you there. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us, mate.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. This was a serious operation to confirm this because we're in the midst of a, of a crazy, truly the craziest day of the tour is happening right now with this matinee show in <laughs> Sydney. We started in Canberra this morning, Long Drive. We got a couple other events today, uh, but I'm glad we carved out a little bit.
0: I'm time. so glad. We're in yeah. the Sydney Opera House. We're going to have... Is this the final talk of the tour? Is this... Uh, well,
1: this is this is my final show with Jordan for now. Yeah, uh, he's extending. He's leaving for uh, New Zealand in a couple of days, and then he'll be back for about five more shows mm. in Australia. But I've got some family stuff and uh, yeah, got gotta head home. You know, and we've done. I mean, we've done about 130 shows together in about 20 countries, and it's, yeah. been, it's been incredible. And we've been doing this since last January, so for 13 months, and it's been it's just been awesome, and I'm visiting all these places that I've never been to, and I'm performing in places like the Sydney Opera House that I never thought I would perform in, and we're in a very impressive green room right yeah, now. Yeah, we can't and,
0: wait yeah. to hear you sing tonight, mate. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> it ain't pretty. You've been you've been around the world... I want to hear what are the common themes you're hearing because, you know, we've got political correctness. We've got a lot of fear actually happening on social media and all that. So yeah. tell us what you're saying. Yeah,
1: well, that. I mean, I think the main fear is that people that live in free societies, if you live in Australia, you are in a free society. If mm. you live in the United States, you basically live in the freest society in the history of the world. If you live in any Western country, you are you with within reason, you are free. that doesn't mean it's perfect. That doesn't Mm. mean that there aren't problems that have to be solved. But you basically are free to do and say what you think. Now, in the United States, we have a particularly good, for now, although I'm worried about it, Mm. uh, for now, an ability to say what we want. We have extra protections because of the Bill of Rights and, Mm. and... not the First Amendment, obviously. Now, you guys have a better version of speech here than, say, they do in the UK, which has other laws that are regulating speech. But if you basically live in Western countries, you're basically free. What I'm noticing, no matter where we go, is that good people, I mean I mean, good people, I've met thousands and thousands of people, and we've performed in front of hundreds of thousands of people at this point, good people who maybe are a little libertarian or believe in some limited government or want low taxes or states' rights, I mean, basic liberty-related stuff, let's say, are afraid to say what they think. I'm not talking about people that are genuinely racists or or genuinely hate gay people or anything like that. I'm talking about people with pretty moderate positions are afraid to say what they think. So it's been really interesting for me because to realize that someone in Sydney is thinking the same thing as the guy who I met in Stockholm, which is thinking the same thing as the girl I met in Toronto, who's thinking the same thing as, you know, the kid, the college kid that I met in San Diego, that tells you there's something worldwide happening right now. And it's obviously partly because of the internet and the way that we're all getting information and it's as easy for you to watch, say, a video that I did or that Jordan did or Mm. anyone else it's easy, as easy for you here in sydney as it is across the world so mm. there's something amazing happening but it's it's sort of wrapped right now
0: in a lot of fear which is there's a which lot is crazy. of fear with what we type and what we talk about yeah um particularly with um you know, genders with yeah. like um equality and equality outcome and all that stuff what's driving this thing in your opinion
1: i mean what's driving it basically is that this postmodern leftism that is wrapped up in, in America, you know, it's progressivism and it's it's sort of spread now all over all over the world. It's an authoritarian movement. Mm. So basically the law, the lines are drawn these days, you know, in the old days it was sort of your left or your right or your conservative or your liberal. But really right now it's either you're authoritarian, meaning you want state power, you think that the state has the capacity and the knowledge and the wisdom to do the right thing to build a great society, or you believe in a more libertarian version of this, which is that you believe it's on the individual to figure it out. Now, Mm. both of them are not perfect because Mm. I believe a good, there is a a good government that could exist that could do the right thing for its people. uh, But that's not what we're seeing, really. What we're seeing is a constant usurping of power, taking power away from the individual and giving it to government. So I absolutely fall on the libertarian side of that, Mm. which is that any solution that can be done by you figuring out what is right for you, by me figuring out what's right for me. And even if we're next door neighbors, we may believe incredibly different things, 180 different things. As long as we don't do it on each other's property or don't infringe on each other's rights, that's the that's actually the beauty of living in a free society. I mean, go to North Korea. They don't have those freedoms, right? Sure. So, so where do you have those freedoms? You have those freedoms in Western societies. So everything we should be doing should be to protect the rights of the individual. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't care what you smoke. I don't care what God you believe in as long as you don't use those beliefs to infringe on my rights. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's the ne- negotiation, because you're gonna do some stuff I don't like, I'm gonna do some stuff you don't like, but if we actually believe in freedom and not just talk about freedom, then, then that's what we should be uh, aiming for, as opposed to oh, if only the government could give us this. Yeah. If only we could take some more from some people and give it to others, and if only we could have all these free things, which of course are not free. Uh, nothing's free. I it takes mean, away
0: the responsibility? Where's the responsibility? Well, yeah. it's, I
1: mean, this is very consistent with Jordan's message, which is that at the cornerstone of Western society is the individual. Mm. And what is your purpose in life? It's to to be on an adventure, whatever your adventure is, whatever my adventure is. Mm. And the more that you placate people by giving them things, whatever that is. And I'm not saying you shouldn't help people, but it's up to you to help people. And maybe, it's a separate argument altogether, maybe the state should have some level of social security or some level of uh, protections for the most needy. I'm not against that, per se. Of course, yeah. But the point is that they're trying to trick everyone into thinking the government will give you free this, free that, free healthcare, free education, free job. Mm-hmm. Or will give you money if you're unwilling to work, as, we'll it, sue, as it said in the original version. Or will sue someone that hurts my
0: feelings. Yeah. And it's like, my God, yeah. like, what I love about your show is that you're able to interview and talk about things that you don't necessarily agree with the other person about. Sure. What are some of your rules to be able to discuss... Things that you might have conflicts with.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I never go into an interview with an intention per se, other than I'm trying to find out what the person thinks. I mean, really, and I can tell you're very similar. Like, I can Mm. just, you can just see it in somebody. Like, you're here to hear my ideas, and maybe we agree and maybe we don't, but Mm. that's sort of secondary to just finding out what I think. And I'm a big believer that if you let someone talk long enough, if they don't know what they're saying, it will become obvious. I love it. It, it really mm. will. You can watch. Sometimes I can see it. They're wrapping the noose around their neck because they don't really know what they're saying. I've had this a couple times where I've had people on where you just see them sort of wading into a territory where it's like, you don't really know what you're saying. But <laughs> what, what, what would be the purpose of me beating them down? Well, you don't know what you're doing. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm not really interested in doing that show. There's plenty of other, other shows that do that. Yeah. What I'm interested in finding out is what people think and why they think it. Um, What I've found consistently is that at least as it stands now, and this is worldwide because I've had several Aussies on the show too, Mm. uh, from Andrew Bogut and uh, Rita Panahi and I think a couple others, oh, Claire Lehman, of course, from Colette, Mm. is that the center-right, so basically people that are centrist that are sort of conservative, maybe a little libertarian, even some of the Trump people, they are very willing to have a conversation without attacking you, without impugning your motives, and, mm. without implying this or that about you, without trying to destroy you. There's a richness and an ability to have a conversation there. I can sit with Ben Shapiro for hours and discuss our differences on gay marriage or abortion, and we can do it respectfully and walk away and be fine. There's... It's becoming, I don't want to say nobody, but the sliver of people that remain on the left that are willing to have honest conversation without attacking people and without imputing your motives and all those things, it's just whittling and whittling away into yeah. almost nothing. Mm. And again, I'm not saying that there are none of them, but, but it's very hard to find them. And uh, I would say that my good liberal friends, you know, when people talk about the intellectual dark web, most of these guys are lefty. You know, I think at this point I would say they're ex-lefties, but it's not for me to say what they are. Mm. But they're good old-fashioned liberals. But I don't know that they can get invited to any lefty or progressive or democratic event. You know where we all get invited? It's by those scary right-wing conservatives and libertarians. So there's a real (laughs) sea change of things happening right now. And I'm happy to talk to anybody that's respectful and decent, really.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Do you know with the idea of offence at the moment? People in this society, like online particularly, they're so, people generally so skinless. So if you disagree with something, they take it as disrespect and they attack you and they beat you with their tribe or with their, you know, gender club or with whatever it is. Yeah. What, let's give some tips here. I want to hear your advice here. What's some methods to be able to deal with someone who's trying to attack you? Yeah if you disagree with Well, them. A it's tough.
1: <laughs> right, this is a hard question. I get asked this in almost every Q&A that I do. Mm-hmm. This is hard because everyone, especially young people are dealing with this in an increasing increasingly hysterical way that if you take any position that's outside of Progressive orthodoxy. You take a position. I'm I'm for lower taxes than you. Well, ah, that means you're racist. And you go, well, wait a minute. I'm not. I'm not racist. What does that have to do with anything? Mm. Well, if you're for lower taxes, that means you don't like poor people. And if you don't like poor people, that means you don't like black people. That's and the train and of they, they're right. So they extrapolate this crazy thing. And then if you say to them, well, actually, at least in the United States, there are more poor white people than black people. Well, they don't. Then they don't care about information and all that. That's also why they want to deplatform people all the time because they don't want to get into the facts of these ideas. It's why Shapiro's line about facts don't care about your feelings. Mm. has caught on with people Um, but there are a couple techniques you can use i would say it's very hard to to get them to join you or to listen to you if you're just drubbing them with facts it's very hard to do what you can do is you can turn some of this on them so one thing that i found is at least somewhat effective when i go to college is before i do anything i'll say you know does anyone in this room have it worse than their grandparents Good question. And if you live in the West, especially if you live in the United States, but I suspect it's very, very similar here, and in most Western countries, you have it way better than your grandparents. Mm -hmm. In many cases, your grandparents were immigrants who came with nothing. That's obviously a very uh, consistent thing that's happened in the United States, or maybe your great-grandparents or whatever, Um, but you know, they had to live through war and famine and all sorts of, you know, all sorts of things. It's very rare that if you live in the United States that your grandparents, who were alive in, say, the 30s and 40s and 50s, uh, had it better than you. And if they did, they were probably oil tycoons or something. And then if they have it better than you, that means that the family lost the money over generations, which the left would love because they don't want to keep accumulated wealth. So if you can say something like that, like, really, like, think about your grandparents. Like, you do it right now. Like, think about your grandparents. I'm going to guess Mm -hmm. you have it better than them.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I have it better than my grandparents. Both of my grandfathers had to fight in World War II. I haven't had to fight in any wars. That's pretty great, right? Like, so you're finding and, a point of agreement? Well, you're finding yeah. a point. You're trying to show them that while they're screaming about the evil patriarchy mm-hmm. and how horrible capitalism is... I mean, you could go, because the other thing is you can go through facts. You could say, well, the, you know, there's less poverty than ever worldwide. There's mm. more green on the earth right now than ever before. Uh, you can go through a series of things, but those are just sort of amorphous facts that, that don't really get into somebody. But if you can say, think about your grandparents. Yeah,
0: put yourself into, yes. So, so if
1: this system, what you're telling me is this system is so evil, it's so tyrannical, it's the patriarchy, all of these things. But you've got it better. You've got it better. So that means the arc of justice or goodness or equality, whatever you want to call that, prosperity, it bent, and it bent the right way. Now, it may not be perfect, but the idea that these people have, which is that if only they were in power and had enough state power that they could make everything perfect, it's, it's childish, actually, and it's, a, and it's an erasure of history, and it's actually, it's worse than that. It's a, um, it's an, it's a removal of what it is to be human, Mm. Generations came before you that lived through all sorts of things. And if you are 19 or 20 or 52 and you think you know it all and all those people before you were a bunch of bigot racist homophobes, most likely you're the bigot racist homophobe. Yeah. You don't know it. There are things that came before us. I don't have all the answers, but what I, what I do know is I believe in freedom. I believe in the individual's choice to do what is right for them. Mm. And as long as you're
0: not doing it to
1: somebody else, as I
0: said before, get to it. With offense, what causes offense? Is it lying the person who receives it, like he interprets it, or the person, the chicken or the egg?
1: No, well, it's only on the person who receives it. You mm. know, I've been called all sorts of things. There's videos of me on YouTube <laughs> with people yelling all sorts of horrible things. I'm right, and I'm a Nazi, and all this craziness. Yeah, it's hectic. Yeah. And guess what? It's not pleasant to hear. Well, at some level, it was kind of funny sometimes. because yeah, it's, cause it's like, you, yeah. you, what are you guys doing? Like, you're waking up and you think I'm the guy that's really taking down society. Like, come on. Hmm. But yeah. removing the, the the slightly humorous part of it, it's not fun when people say those things. Or if someone was walking by you and made some racial epitaph or went by me and said, oh, you know, you're a fag or whatever it is. It's like, nobody likes that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on you to take offense or not to take offense. And and there's a weird thing happening online, which is, you know, if this was the real world, let's say you're walking down the street and a guy across the street starts screaming at you and tell you, you know, whatever they're saying, just awful, the worst stuff you can imagine. Would you walk across the street and start and get, you know, sir, that's not true. I'm not that thing that you're saying I am. You would never engage them. You'd just be like, oh, that's a crazy person, and you'd keep walking. But mm. for some reason online, we feel that we have to fight with everybody about it. We have to expose them. We have to do all of these things. And I get it, it's a little bit of human nature, and it's the safety of a keyboard, right? We're all warriors yeah, on a keyboard. Yeah. Um, but I've found that basically, if you the more that you ignore these people, they thrive on attention, and... If you ignore them a little bit more, maybe they'll go away a little bit more or mute them and block them and then let them, you know, tweet into the void. Uh, But it's on you. It's on you. you If someone says something offensive, I'm not saying there aren't offensive things. I'm not even saying that there aren't racist things. There are racist things. If you look at a group of black people and you think that that they have to be a certain way or that they all act a certain way or think a certain way. That is racism. By the way, that version of racism is often coming from the left right now, mm. which is oh, black people must think these things, yeah. gay people must think these things. Mm. That's actual bigotry. Yep. I I know plenty of black people. Guess what? You're not going to believe this. They all think different things about things. It's crazy. Oh no, isn't it? Wouldn't, wouldn't well. you believe that? That, that they don't gay make do people, that. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I know that gay people might think different things about things. So. Again, that's why if you get everything down to the level of individual, I think it's the best way that a society
0: can function. My last question for you, because I really appreciate your time, Dave. Yeah, yeah. My pleasure. You've been traveling with Jordan Peterson for a long time now. And I want to know, has any of your views, even with religion and personal beliefs, Morphed a bit because of being around guys like Jordan. I know you interviewed guys like Sam as well.
1: So. Yeah, well, I can tell you this. I mean, I've been on the road with Jordan now for 13 months, and it's 120 some odd shows in 20 some odd countries. Um, well, I will say this for sure I'm a better person. It sounds corny, but I'm a better person. You cannot be around that message. Every thing. night. Like, I know what it's like when people are reading the book and come one night and I see the way they interact with him. And, Jordan, you know, you, because I read this and I, I started treating my wife better or I got off drugs or whatever, I was addicted to porn or what, whatever it is, that their thing. I've seen people fix themselves. So I've been around that thing, you know, a, hundred, a third of my nights in the last year. That, that's a lot. And mm. um, so I think there's been certain things in my life that I've been able to fix. But I would say if he's moved me on anything, um, it is the the value of ancient truths. So this is where, you know, without getting into a whole religious conversation or making it about yeah. religion per se, you know, the debate that he and Sam Harris had about whether, you know, facts are enough to drive meaning out of, or rather if there's, if there's something else, I would say I've come around to the position that there are, there are other ancient truths that you can find through stories that, it, as, as Jordan lays out, are through a religious nature, um, but just that there's, there's something beyond you. And I think it's a good, humbling way to live and I'm trying to do it myself. Dave, thanks so much for your time, It's man. been a pleasure, man. Really. Awesome. Yeah. Look at, Look at this guy. You're a good interviewer, I'm, man. I don't try,
0: Guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I can't thank you enough for actually getting behind it because a lot of time, a lot of energy goes into keeping the standard high from actually flying to meet people, booking hotels, bringing media people along. I really respect your attention. And I think you respect the fact that I don't really have an agenda. I really want to learn from the guests that are on the show. I'm not trying to trick people. I'm not trying to be like sleazy or like conniving. I generally just want to have a authentic conversation and examine what's going on in their minds. Finish off one of the ventures I started this year. I run multiple companies, but one company I started is called Q Media. And Q Media helps create social media content for companies that want to take their presence online to the next level. Because Instagram's actual facts And stats say that you have two seconds to engage somebody before they decide to flick away from you. That's not a lot of time. In order to engage people, you need to respect people's attention. And we can do that through creating great video campaigns, social media graphics, and give you tools and templates to help your business and brand go to the next level. So if you're interested in that, go to qmedia.co, and book in a meeting to see if we can help you take your brand to the next level. Until next time, keep loving each other and keep examining everything that you see and bless your heaps. Thanks for listening.